Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I just am so excited about this series because we all have bad days, right? And I want to open up with this thought. Here's my first thought. Jesus understands your bad day. And that's important. Hebrews chapter 2 lets us know he felt what we feel. He went through it. He, he came through it. And so we're going we're gonna to make sure we make that real. And his worst bad day ever, the worst bad day anyone could ever have is when Jesus hung on the cross. We just celebrated uh, Good Friday, but it was only good for us, not, not for him, right? And it was the worst bad day ever. And I want to help all of us identify with what Jesus felt and we're going to see, hey, I felt that. I felt that. So I want to just highlight some of the things he felt hanging on the tree. The first one was betrayal. And betrayal can cause a bad day, right? It's one of his disciples, Judas, betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. And can we all agree that when someone betrays us, that creates quite a bad day? The second thing was false accusations. You know what they did to Jesus? They tried him in three different trials before two kings, and they did it all at night. That was, first of all, 100% illegal. And under Jewish and Roman law, they were not allowed to have trials at night like they did. But then while he was being tried, people in the audience were throwing out all these false accusations, saying that he said things and did things that he never did. And you and I can agree, man, talk about a bad day when you hear that someone's spreading false accusations about you. That causes quite a bad day. Here's number three. Jesus felt incredible rejection. All of his disciples ran. When he got into trouble, they all took off. And Peter denied him three times before he took off, right? And I want to just speak to the young people here at Believers, Boardman, here. Guys, listen. You're facing more rejection in your life today than I had to face when I was your, your age because we didn't have social media. But you can, you can feel some crazy rejection on social media. And so this series is really going to help you navigate the world that you're living in because you're living in a way crazier world than I had to live in. And God wants to help you navigate those bad days too. Here, here's the next one, abuse. Jesus was severely abused. Some of you are here where abuse has been part of your bad day. Someone abused you in whatever way. It's caused quite a bad day. You know, Jesus was beaten with a whip. That whip had three little whips coming out of it. They each had a sharp object, and every time it hit his skin, it ripped skin off. They put that thorn of crowns that dug into the nail-like crown that dug into his head. You know what they did at one point? They're, they're, they're spitting on him, you know, doing all these things to abuse him. They put a hood on his head, and different guys would punch him. And after they punched him with this hood, they'd say, hey, Mr. Prophet, you're a prophet. Which one of us did it? And then somebody else would do it. And then somebody else would do it. That's abuse. And so some of you have been abused. And I, I can't even imagine what some of you have gone through. But Jesus understands. Here's just one more. Jesus suffered great humiliation. And can we all agree that causes a bad day when we're humiliated in public? You know, historians tell us that Jesus was actually crucified. He hung on the cross naked not a loincloth, naked. Our, we're all glad that in the movies they have loincloths, the crucifix has it, but they tried to shame him and humiliate him at the highest level. So when we look at these areas that Jesus had just happened to him on his bad day, can we all agree that he understands what a bad day is like? 
And what's amazing, this is what we're going to do over the next several weeks. We're going to take a look at seven statements that Jesus made when hanging on the tree. And you might have heard, you know, somebody do a message on these, but I, I never heard it the way we're going to bring it out. It's going to be life-changing because these seven statements show us the roadmap that you and I can walk down to help us overcome our bad days. And I like what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 declares. Listen to this. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. We can study lots of aspects. We're going to study this aspect of how did he make it through the worst bad day ever, right? It goes on to say, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, the exhilarating finish in and with God, he, he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. How did he do it? We're going to have fun looking at it. So if you were to look in Matthew, you wouldn't see all seven statements. If you looked in Luke, you wouldn't see. You have to look in all four to see all, all, of, all seven. And if you read a chronological Bible, they just put it all in order. It's really absolutely amazing. But we're going to look today at the first thing he did. He's hanging on the cross. This is the first words that came out of his mouth. And it goes like this, Luke 23, 34. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Here's what we're going to learn today. The first thing we want to do on our bad day, and most bad days are caused by people, right? Is we want to forgive the person that caused our bad day. And we want to talk about that today. And this will bring incredible freedom. It will help you navigate your bad day. It's the first thing you and I want to learn to do. And it's a very difficult thing to do. So this is my big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever today. And it goes like this. You can forgive the unforgivable. Now, the unforgivable could also be called the unthinkable, right? You can forgive the unthinkable because the unthinkable is something you think is unforgivable. But you can, and here's why. If you're a Christian, when you accepted Christ as your Savior, he changed you on the inside. He gave you his nature. That's, that's who you really are on the inside. And you have the ability to do exactly what Jesus did. So I just want you to imagine for a moment. It's just the most amazing thing. He's hanging on the cross. All those terrible things happened. And just try to imagine how he feels, the rejection, the abuse, the betrayal. Try to imagine how he feels and all that he's feeling. And what he does immediately is he says, I forgive you. If he can do it, He's saying, I'll give you the strength to do it. And we're going to need his strength, but he's saying it can be done. You can forgive the unforgivable. But here's where we struggle with forgiveness. You guys ready? Here's where we struggle. We struggle because uh, we, we don't understand what forgiveness isn't. So we have this idea of what forgiveness is. And many times our idea of what forgiveness is is incorrect. And so that's why we struggle with forgiving because we don't know what it is. So I want to share with you, I want to I bring out to you uh, just five things that forgiveness isn't. And it really is going to help us understand. Then I'll give you a definition, a biblical definition of forgiveness. But here's, here's the first one. Forgiveness isn't minimizing the offense. And us Christians are really struggle with this. I have struggled with this. I've had to learn because as a Christian, we know Jesus told us to love and, and, and to love everybody. And, and so Oftentimes when we're wronged and somebody does something to us, we minimize it. And we, we just think, well, I have to love them. And because I have to love them, I, I can't really think this bad thing that they did. And I have to try to think positive about them. 
and it really messes it up, us up. You'll never be able to forgive till you accept that you were really hurt. You can't forgive till you see that and you accept that. And, and I'll share a story with you. I was um, hurt years ago, and for a couple years, I just suppressed it. And I was minimizing it. Here, I was kind of like, well, I don't want to say anything bad. And, I don't, you know, and so I'm just minimizing what happened, minimizing it. Finally, my wife said, you need to go see a counselor. And you know how us guys are. I'm going, no, I don't need a counselor. She said, you really need a counselor. You need to become healthy. And so I, I found one. I began to go. It took them quite a long time to bring me to this spot. But one day, they just looked at me and they said, you know what? What happened to you was really wrong. You were really hurt. And you have to accept that it was bad. You can't forgive until you accept it was really bad. And, and, and I saw it. I had never saw that before. I saw it. And that was the craziest drive home in my life. I've never had one like it again. It's kind of like my dad was a medic in the Army. So when we were growing up, if we ever had a, you know, some kind of cut that became infected, my dad would always get this pin and he'd heat it up on the stove uh, to make sure there were no germs on it. And then he would poke that, and he'd push the pus out. And I'd go, Dad, that's so gross. Dad, that hurts. He goes, son, it will never heal till we get that pus out. And he'd just be getting the pus out of the sore, you know. And, and uh, that's what happened that day. When, when, I, when I saw that I was really wrong, I jumped in my car. I had over an hour drive home, and it just came out like a gusher. I had zero control, and, and I just was telling people off, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to tell you how it came out, but boy, it wasn't good. And doom, 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 doom. It took about an hour, and I got home, and I told Gina, I just had the most amazing thing happen to me. But I feel really good. I never, ever, ever had that happen again. And from that point on, I was able to forgive. That was a couple years of suppressing, suppressing, saying, no, that wasn't really bad. That really didn't hurt me. No, I'm going to be a good, strong Christian and walk. No, you can't minimize the offense. Here's the second thing. Forgiveness isn't reconciliation. Reconciliation is a two-person game. Forgiveness is a one-person game. You can forgive without reconciliation. Reconciliation is like, you know, you go to them, you talk with them, and they agree, and they say, I'm so sorry for hurting you, and you hug, and you're buddies, and it's, you sing kumbaya. Oh, it's just awesome, man. Oh, you know, that doesn't happen all the time, right? That's reconciliation. Forgiveness isn't reconciliation. I'm going to give you the definition, but you can forgive whether they apologize or not. You can forgive whether they admit they wronged you or not, whether they see it or not. You don't need them in order to forgive, and that's important. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. You can forgive the unforgivable, but you have to understand it's not reconciliation. Here's the next thought. You guys ready? Forgiveness is an absolution with God. This is really important because a lot of people, you know how we're all different in our personalities. A lot of people are kind of, they have that justice personality, like justice must be done. And they feel like if I forgive them, then I'm getting them off the hook with God. And, and that's not even fair to get them off the hook with God. Well, forgiveness is not them, you know, not having to deal with God anymore. No, they'll still have to deal with God. That's going to be between them and God. You just releasing and forgiving them. Listen to Romans 12, 19. Dear friends, never take revenge. Unforgiveness is a form of revenge. <laughs> it's a light form of saying, I'm not letting you off the hook. I'm not forgiving you. He goes on and says, uh, leave that to the righteous anger of God. 
For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And when I think about how Christians get things coming back in their life for any people, I think of this, Galatians 6, 7. Do not deceive yourselves. No one makes a fool of God. You will reap exactly what you plan. And so I don't, let, let me, when I forgive someone, I don't say, now, God, you sick them. You get them, God. I don't pray, God, let their harvest be bad. Um, we don't do that. But it's just good to know, hey, I'm releasing them, but they still have, it's between them and God now. But I'm not the one that has to bring justice. The justice system, if it's something public, uh, God, that, that's out of my hand. Forgiveness is not absolution with God. You can forgive the unforgivable. Here's, here's the fourth thought. It goes like this. Forgiveness isn't fair. Do you ever feel like what they did is really, it is too bad, and it's not fair for me to forgive them of that particular thing. Well, how many of us can agree that God forgives us, right? Did he forgive you? And could, could we say that, boy, it's not fair for God to forgive me of all the things I've done. I think everything I did before I was a Christian, but then I think of the things I did after I was a Christian. It's like, whoa, it's not fair, but thank God. Aren't you glad God doesn't say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm not going to forgive you because that was just a little too bad. It's not fair. You don't want to go fair because you want God to be forgiving you too, right? So we, don't, we want, won't want to go to the place of fair. I like what C.S. Lewis said. He said this, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable, because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. So it's not, it is not fair. Here's number five, you ready? Forgiveness isn't forgetting. You and I can't forget. God can forget. He's God, right? The Bible says when, when, when he forgives your sins, he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far away he throws your sin. So when you go to pray, God doesn't remember all the bad things you did last week. He forgave you. That, that's amazing. But when you and I see the person that caused our bad day, we remember, right? But there's two ways to remember, right? One way to remember is when there's bitterness, pain, anger, Another way to remember is when you say, yeah, that happened, but I forgave them. That's a different way to remember. And that will happen, and it will become less and less. But forgiveness isn't forgetting. You can forgive the unforgivable. And here's my definition. That's a Bible definition of forgiveness. It goes like this. Forgiveness is saying, I won't hold you accountable for the wrong you did to me. I release you. I release you. I like to say it this way, and, I, and I've struggled with this. Um, I, I, I could blame being Italian, but because, you know, most Italians I know that haven't met Jesus, we're a little vindictive. Um, you, you know, the little, give them a little fish, you know, and let them know something bad's coming. But I think it's humanity. Can we all say it's humanity? We all do it in a little different ways, but um, we, we always want this pound of flesh. And forgiveness, man, is, is just saying, you know what? I release you. I do not hold you accountable for that. Now, if you don't have recon reconciliation, you may have to have some boundaries up, right? You may not be able to be close to that because you didn't have reconciliation. They didn't admit to it or whatever it is. You don't want to have them keep slapping you in the face. You might have to have a boundary up here or there. 
But forgiveness is just saying, you know what? I release that offense. I am not holding you accountable for that. And talk about bringing a freedom to us. It's absolutely amazing. So I thought, let's just talk about two things or two reasons you and I need to forgive. So here's the first one. You'll be offended continuously. <laughs> this is never going to end. We live on an earth with imperfect people. And, you know, I'm so excited about our growth track that's coming up. I'm really excited about it. And you hear me talk about it. It's going to be four weeks in a row. It's going to happen every month, and we'll keep repeating it every month. So if you miss one of the lessons, you can get into the next. It's all about knowing God. We're going to have lessons that help you know God, uh, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And in the week where you discover purpose, we're going to give you some testing and show you what your spiritual gifts are. And have you ever thought that some people's spiritual gift is to annoy you? <laughs> Their very spiritual gift is to offend you. Now, now, we know that didn't come from God, but can we all agree some people seem to have a gift like that? Maybe the enemy gave it to them, but it's a gift, right? They can offend. Uh, Jesus said this, John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. It comes in all forms and fashions. One way is people that offend you and cause bad days. But I like this, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So I want you to think about how Jesus overcame the world. One way, I know we came out of the grave, I know that's another way, but one way he's hanging on a cross and he could have became bitter, he could have just said, to heck with you people, I come to save you and look what you did to me. But he said, Father, forgive them. That's one way that he released the world. And he's saying to us, you're going to have all kinds of troubles, but I overcame, and aren't you excited you can overcome? Aren't you excited that someone else on this planet can't ruin your life? They can hurt you. They, they, can, they can give you a bump in the road, but they can't destroy your life because God gave you and I the ability to forgive. It's absolutely amazing. That's why part of the Lord's Prayer goes this way, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Guaranteed, one person, once you get over that, another person's going to come and slap you upside the head one way or another. I'm not speaking a negative thing over you, but it's absolutely true. Here's the second reason you and I must forgive. Unforgiveness only hurts you. It hurts you. It's not hurting the people, person you're not forgiving, right? I, I love this quote. We don't know who wrote it originally, but it goes like this. Unforgiven, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person uh, to die. <laughs> That's what it's like. So I heard, this, I, I heard this Cajun story, and I have never shared a Cajun story in my life, but it had to do with this guy named Boudreaux, and Boudreaux lived in Louisiana, and he hung out at the general stores, kind of like what we would do at Starbucks or Panera. And he hung out there with his buddies, and they drank coffee, and they had fun. And so one morning, he walks into the general store to hang out with his buddies, and his shirt's sticking out. And his buddies are like, Boudreaux, what happened? What's, what's, what's up with your shirt? And he said, well, you know that tip of dough? Every time I leave here, every time I'm leaving here and walking on the sidewalk, you know how big Tipido is? He comes and smacks me on the chest. He said, I'm going to get him today. I, I, I have some dynamite taped on my chest, and I have a little switch, and when he hits me today, I'm going to blow his hand off. <laughs> Let me tell you something, guys. 
Unforgiveness is going to blow a hole in your soul. It is going to hurt you more than it hurts. The person won't even know you're not forgiving them, but it's going to hurt you. And let me, there's a scripture in the Bible that gives us this, just this beautiful imagery of someone that hasn't forgiven. It's Proverbs 18, 19, and it says this. It is harder to win back the friendship of an offended brother than to capture a fortified city. His anger shuts you out like iron bars. So here's what God's saying. When someone is offended and they don't forgive, just imagine this fortified city or imagine a window with iron bars. And here's what he's saying. They become like this. They're closed. They're closed. Their emotions shut down. Uh, God created you to have joy. He created you to have peace. He created you to be open with the world. And if we don't learn to forgive, this is what happens to our personality. This is what happens. This is how we act and treat people. And what God's wanting us to do is learn to forgive. Stop drinking the poison and release people. But some of you are listening now in all the campuses. You're listening saying, but Pastor Joe, you have never been wronged the way I was wronged. And you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I have never probably felt what some of you have felt. And I realize today I'm stirring up. I realize there's some stirring up going on, and, 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 and I really believe when we're finished, there's going to be healing. But I agree. I, I have never had some things that have happened to you happen to me. And I, I, I hear some people's stories, and I weep. I think, wow, that is crazy. That happened to you? It's like, Yeah. And then I realize only God can help us forgive. We need God's strength at that point. And here's a cool scripture that, that is uh, really awesome. We just simply ask Jesus to help us. And, 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 and we say, Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, this is what I need from you. And here's a scripture, Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ because he gives me strength. And for some of you, the only way you're going to ever forgive is to say, God, I need your strength to help me do this. And I've had, to, I've had to go to God for some things. But I know some of you have suffered things I've never suffered. And it just reminds me of a story that Joyce Myers shared. And many of you know who, who Joyce Myers is. Uh, and if you don't, she's a very famous Bible teacher. Sometimes if I'm going through channels, she's on five different channels at the same time. And she's an exceptional teacher. I really respect her. She's amazing. She shares the story. When she was a little girl, her father raped her over 200 times. That's crazy. And before she was Joyce Myers, the famous teacher, she accepted Christ as her Savior. And after she accepted Christ as her Savior, she probably had to go to some counseling too, I would think. Uh, but she saw in the Bible that she was to forgive, and she released her father and forgave him. She went to him, and he said to her, you must have been dreaming. I never did any of that. Well, you know 200 times. You know if it's real, right? But he wouldn't fess up to it. She still forgave him. And she blew my mind because she bought him a house and paid his bills in his later years. That's amazing. Blows my gaskets. And I'm sure if she had little girls, uh, she never let Grandpa watch him, right? And I'm not just being honest. She wasn't stupid, but she, she forgave. She forgave. She shares the story how when he was near death, he came to her and he was weeping uncontrollably. And he said to her, I did do that and I'm begging you, I'm asking you for forgiveness. And she said, Daddy, I forgave you years ago. 
you're forgiven. He ended up accepting Christ as his Savior. And that, that makes me smile because I really believe her love and forgiveness was amazing. So I share her story because I never had any of those types of things happen to me. And I think only God can help us with that, right? No one else can help us. And here's something else that I learned. It's one of the secrets. This sometimes, if it's somebody really offended you, this will help you forgive them if you begin to do it. But then I use it for after I forgive people. You know how after you forgive someone, the thought, every now and then that thought comes back of what they did to you and you're like, I can't believe it. And you want to take it back, right? And unforgive them and then you have to forgive them again. Uh, I don't know about you, but that happens to me. So this is my secret, right? I pray for and bless them. That's what I do. In case you're listening later on on audio, you're not on video, I have some scriptures under here. Matthew 4, or 5, verses 43, 44, Luke 6, 27, 28, Romans 12, 14. And here's, here's what's said in these scriptures, guys. It's absolutely amazing. Number one, Jesus said, love your enemies. Now, now he's talking about 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. That gives you a beautiful description of love. So he's saying, when you see your enemy, smile, be nice, don't talk about them with other people. That's what it means to love somebody. And so he says, love your enemy. He says, pray for those that despitefully use you. Someone caused a bad day, they despitefully used you in one way or another, right? He said, do good to those that do bad to you. And he said, bless those that curse you. And so he's giving us a secret here that will literally heal our hearts and release us all the more after we forgive someone. So here's a story, uh, my own life. And I want to close with this story, guys. It's a powerful story. Um, years and years ago, I, ha I had a pastor wrong me, and, uh, and, and he's no longer in the area, so I don't want you to try to figure out who it is, right? And, and so this is a long time ago. So I went to talk with him. I went and sat, sat with him in his office, and I said, hey, um, you did this to me now twice. He was doing something that was really unethical. So that's two times. And I said, I'm just doing Matthew 18. I'm not here to tell you off. I'm just here to ask you to stop doing it. It's just wrong. And he looked at me and he said, I don't believe it's wrong and I'm not stopping. So then I punched him. No, no, I didn't. No, I did not. Just wanted to lighten the mood up, right? Borman lighten it up a little bit. TCI, we lighten it up a little. Um, no, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Here's what I did. I looked at him and I said, you know what? I forgive you for doing it and I'm going to forgive you the next time you did it. I just totally forgive you. And then I walked out. Now, what's amazing is I would drive by that church occasionally. And every time I drove by, now remember, there's no reconciliation, right? Forgiveness is a one-man game, right? I would pray over this pastor and I'd say, Father, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to meet every need in his life. Bless his wife, bless his kids, bless his church. May his church prosper. And I just would pray for him. Anytime that thought came in my mind, what was happening, and I would pray. Most amazing healing started to happen in my heart. It was amazing. And then every now and then, us pastors get together. We have meetings where we, we get together with other pastors, and I would see him, and I'd walk in, and I didn't go like, give him dirty looks. I just walk in and say, hey, how you doing? Shake his hand, give him a hug. And I just treat him like nothing ever happened. And then you know those times when you're with somebody else and they bring their name up? And they may not bring it up negative, but you're with them. And they bring the name up and there's your chance to say, you don't really know them like I know them. They're a terrible person. I would say, oh, they are, they are an incredible pastor. Because they were. They're an awesome pastor. They're incredible. And I just 
would not allow myself to say anything negative. And I'm telling you, guys, that is so therapeutic and it brings such healing. And if you're struggling with forgiving someone, maybe you keep forgiving them and then it comes back, or maybe you haven't forgiven them the first time, begin to pray for them. It's amazing how God will begin to bring healing. I want to close with this thought. You ready? There might be some of you in this room, because of what's gone on in your life, you do need to sit down with a counselor. And I want to encourage you to do that. Here at Believers, uh, we have two incredible counselors here. They're not on staff, but we allow them to use one of our offices. One's a man, one's a woman. They're exceptional. And they're certified. They receive insurance. So they might be somebody you want to go to, somebody you can trust. I know they blessed an incredible amount of people here already. But I encourage you, if you need that, let them walk you through like I had to be walked through at one time in my life. Now I want to do some serious praying. So can we close our eyes, bow our heads, all the campuses. For some of you, I ruined your day today. <laughs> I made you think about some things you didn't want to think about, but really in the end, it's going to be one of the best days you ever had because this is where freedom is beginning. But if you're here right now and you say, you know what, Pastor Joe, all the campuses, you say, you know what? I'm just not ready to forgive. That's okay. This needs to be your prayer. And you can whisper it to God. Say, God, you need to help me have the want to to forgive. Just pray that prayer. God, God's amazing what he can do. Some of you here, you're saying, you know what? I want to do it, but I don't think I can. Well, then you need to say, God, I need your strength and ability to help me do this. All the campus, we're still praying. There are some of you here, you say, you know what, I'm ready. This really launched me into just being ready. And just say, I release you in the name of Jesus. I don't hold you accountable. You're released. And for some of you right now, you need to also just pray for them. Just say, God, I just pray that you bless their life. And if you, you can't do that, work on it later on this week. But just giving everybody an opportunity to do something to connect with the incredible power of God's Bible, God's Word. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You know, in each of our campuses, maybe you're here and you weren't sure of your eternity when you walked in. You just weren't sure. You know, Jesus said, all you have to do to go to heaven, all you have to do to be made right with God is believe he's the Savior. And right now, I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult. I'm not asking you if you walked in an agnostic. I'm not asking you, you know, where you're at in life. Here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. Jesus said, if you believe in me, I will give you eternal life. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. So you, if you're in one of our campuses, one of, one, listening, and you say, hey, I, I'm ready to do that, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, can we help them in all our rooms? Can we help them? Just say this after me. Uh, say, Lord God, I realize I need a Savior. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, thanks for dying for me. And I recognize today you came out of that grave. I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. 
heads bowed in all our campuses. Listen up, listen up. You may not have felt anything, but miracles happen. God washed all your sins away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. It's absolutely amazing what just happened. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.